It is a joy to be here, um, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ continue to be with you. Amen? Before we read the text, just a little context. Uh, it is in the book of Luke, ending of the gospel of Luke. And it's a story about, about those two guys that were disciples of Jesus, that heard that Jesus had, saw that Jesus died, and, and heard that he was uh, alive again. But they decided to go back to their home, their city, questioning, thinking, said about the last things that had happened in the last few days of Jesus. This is the context. Um, let's uh, then read this text. Uh, Luke chapter 24, starting verse 13. This is what the Bible uh, tells us. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these days? What things? He, Jesus, asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handled him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. Body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He, Jesus, said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets... He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is near evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give to them. Their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke uh, the bread. May the Lord bless his word. Let's have another uh, moment of prayer. Father, as we continue this worship, singing, uh, praying, 
meditating and now sharing your word. Be with us. May your Holy Spirit guide this sharing of word, this preaching of your revealed word. And, and um, speak to us, our minds and hearts, which every one of us. And show us Christ, your Son, our Lord, the Messiah, the beginning and the end, our Savior. And it is in His name that we ask this. Amen. I love this, this story uh, because it, it, it connects with me and I assume connects with us as followers of Christ. And if you are a, 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 our visitor today, you're not a Christian, this is a very interesting story that had happened uh, with those disciples. Uh, two guys, at least two person, individuals, uh, that, that knew Jesus while he was here, but um, had some concerns on his last moments, the last moments of the life of Jesus when he died on the cross and conquered that on that Sunday morning. Uh, I like to connect because this is a story that looks like like us. Uh, They are facing similar situations as we do. We hear that Jesus died on the cross. We hear that Jesus uh, rose from the dead on the third day, but we were not there. Those disciples were not there too. They heard about it. Others told them, and they, they, they understood the message, but they could not quite put that in their hearts. And sometimes this happens to us in our Christian faith. We, we, we sing those beautiful songs. You, you'll notice how the worship was prepared every Sunday. But today, we put the songs with the message, with the theme. We follow on an idea. We, we understand the scriptures. We put the scriptures and we sing the scriptures in order for us to really be edified, energized. And for us, in order to worship Christ. But even when we sing those things and say and express our faith. And new members come here and say that Jesus Christ is my Lord. We also have doubts. And sometimes we share it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we are really strong, and sometimes we feel weak. I think those disciples connected with us because of this. And I believe that this text also connects us with the theme, the series that we are preaching on the, 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 the five solas of Scripture. Um, this was a concept, uh, especially from Reformation time. And this year we are celebrating 500 years of Reformation, when the church was facing major difficulties in belief, in uh, uh, ideas in trusting in the word and bringing more tradition than word, more customs instead of what the Lord has prescribed, and the church needed to be reformed, going back to the roots, going back to the scriptures. And we had already messages uh, about this: uh, only the scriptures, uh, the scriptures alone, only grace in Christ Jesus, only faith, faith alone. Today is solus Christus or of Christ alone, and this coming Sunday, we're going to talk about uh, uh, to God all the glory, all for the glory of God. And when we think about this in this text, I divided the text in, like in two parts. Our daily reality, how we face our experience with Christ, our commitment with Christ, our faith in Christ, how we, we perceive this, and the second part, the real presence of Christ working in our lives, the Messiah, the creator of the world. Then we're going to see this text in, in, in two realms, our daily reality, how we experience faith, how we deal uh, with the daily today life, and then how Jesus comes into our life and shows himself as the supreme creator of the universe, as the Messiah, as the Son of God, as the one who died for us on that cross. This is the message of the gospel. And I like the way Luke uh, Luke uh, presented this to us. He was that doctor that 
put together these historical facts about the early Christianity in order for us, disciples then, the disciples now, to understand more deeply what we believe in. And he talked about Christ since the beginning, the Messiah that was promised from God to come to this earth, the Son of God that was born out of the Virgin Mary and the power of the Holy Spirit that grew up as a kid, divine and human, and in a proper time, he went to the cross. The only human being completely pure and honest and obedient to God that was the creator of the universe. And in order to save us, fallen creatures, individuals that like to obey ourselves and create new laws and defy God, he decided to come and save us. And he became a human being. This is what Luke is telling us all the time. And when this text comes to an end, he's describing how amazing is the fact that Christ died for us. But death, the power of death, our last enemy, was not able to hold us there. This is why perhaps uh, when we think about the New Testament, we hear texts like this in the book of Corinthians, for example, and that Christ died and conquered death. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are is still in your sins. How important is the death and resurrection of Christ? Christ alone, our Savior, our mediator. This is why we are celebrating here today. Or Paul again in Romans 4.25 who says, who Jesus who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Since Reformation, we've uh, stressed out the fact that Jesus Christ, our mediator, is, has three offices, we say that. Uh, prophet, priest, and king. We had in the Old Testament prophets and priests and kings. But Jesus Christ is the one who really fulfills all those offices in his own person. Jesus Christ is the prophet who needs to instruct us uh, about the things of God and to heal our blindness uh, and ignorance, as some scholar has said. Uh, Jesus Christ is also the priest. We had priests in, in the past, people that pray to God, that offer sacrifices to God, that, that, that invite God to our presence. But Jesus Christ is the real priest, the high priest who uh, is the sacri- with not only the, the priest, but with, by sacrifice of his body, he has redeemed us and makes continue in, continual intercession with, uh, with the Father for us. Jesus Christ not only satisfied the justice that we needed because he obeyed the law, but also Jesus Christ dying on that cross, he paid the price and gave us access to heaven with the Father. Jesus, this priest, not only offering, but giving up his own life. But also Jesus is the king who ruling over all things, uh, not only his church, but the whole universe. This is the church. This is the, the Christ that we worship. Christ, the creator of universe. And as we read in the Bible, um, not much longer than this, uh, Peter, the apostle, preaching the message of Christ, he says this about salvation, relationship with God and Christ. Salvation is found in no one else, Acts 4.12. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind which we must be saved. This is why I like the book of Luke and the Acts and the whole New Testament that helps us to understand what we believe in, where we are. And when we see this, I see again the daily reality, what we face every day. Those disciples 
uh, were facing things that we do. For example, they were sad and really affected by the tragic circumstance of the death of their leader. Verse 17, looking sad. Have you ever experienced that in your Christian life? That even though we sing and pray and trust in the Lord and we know in your heart that Jesus Christ is the creator, is your savior, your mediator, he's your uh, bridge to God, but you feel sad, you, you doubt some things, you're uh, sinning here and there, you're disobeying, you're not trusting, you're, you're, you're depressed, and sometimes we need to remember that they also face that. Another thing, in their daily reality, it looks like ours, um, it is evident that is, there is encouragement when believers speak with each other about Christ. I like to see that even in their unbelief, even though they had a, a hard heart to believe in the Bible, they were talking with each other. This is why we encourage you every time to go to community groups. We bring our kids to Sunday school. We are here together. We pray with each other. We share things. We encourage you to have conversations about your faith. We have counseling if necessary. Pastors are willing to talk with you and learn from you and also teach you and, and share the good news because it is important. Those disciples were doing that, even with their doubts in their minds. Another thing that they, their daily reality looks like ours, that they knew a lot about Jesus' life and ministry, but imperfectly. Remember that Jesus comes along in this walk. They had no clue that it was Jesus, but they keep walking. And Jesus starts asking them questions and when they answer the questions, one of them, verse 19, says, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, they knew about Christ. We know about Christ. But sometimes it's just uh, uh, mere uh, knowledge, a mental knowledge. We read some history. We read something in the Bible. We know the answer. But it's not necessarily from the heart. It's just a mere knowledge. They knew it. I don't know how deep it was in them, even though Jesus eventually was going to kind of rebuke them for their unbelief. But they knew, but was not complete. And then they also knew other parts of the story, how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. They also knew that Jesus, some people had witnessed the resurrection or have visited the tomb noticing that Jesus was not there and even angels talked with the women and said don't look for him here he's alive but even with that they were not completely connected they knew about Jesus life but imperfectly another thing that we connect with them they've heard about the resurrection as I said but did not mean a lot to them even though Jesus had prepared them about this Luke 9 will say that, uh, Jesus saying a few chapters prior, the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, chief priests, be killed, and on the third day be raised. They knew it, as we know so many promises of the word here today, but we tend to forget. Luke chapter 9 says the same thing uh, about what would happen. Luke 18 will say the same thing. After flogging him, he will kill him, and on the third day, he will rise. Jesus told them time after time, but when the day came that Jesus was crucified, a terrible day, a frustrating day, and, and, a, and a sorrowful day, they completely forgot the promise that was in the Bible, as we do when tragic comes to our lives. 
Sometimes we know the truth. We, we, we sing. We had a, a beautiful service. But Sunday night, we hear that terrible noise, uh, notice uh, or, or, or news. Or we lose our jobs. Or we get sick. Or somebody that we love lost. We, we, we feel saying, Lord, are you in control of everything? Or tragedies, tornadoes, disasters. We're saying, where is God? We know the promises. But when the time comes, we, we feel uh, sorry. Just knowing facts about Jesus is not enough. We need to grasp the reality of who He is. The merciful Savior, the Almighty God, the Messiah, the author and perfecter of our faith. The judge, the king, the savior. This is why we talk salvation is in Christ alone. He is our identity. He is the one who conquered that. He is the one who obeyed the Father. In His name, we are more than conquerors. It's not about us. It's about Him. But um, three months four months ago I had an experience had not to do with spiritual things necessarily but one day I decided to stop drinking coffee I've been drinking coffee or coffee with milk since I was three and then after all these years of life I've done I'm not going to tell you how many decades I've decided one day it was Tuesday morning saying, you know what I'm going to stop drinking coffee and then three or four weeks later without drinking coffee I was proud of myself no medical reasons no spiritual reasons, just a decision that I am able to stop drinking coffee. Then uh, uh, a member, a former member of our church, she moved away. She was my disciple. She came every year. She comes to visit us, Christine and I. And then I was telling her, Pastor, you want some coffee? She said, no, I stopped drinking coffee. I said, why? I said, because I decided. And I stopped it. And then she knew other parts of my, my life. She started evaluating. She said, you know what, Pastor? I think this has to do with control issues. See what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? See, yes, control issues. I think this is the problem. See what do you mean by that? See, yes, you need to stop bringing coffee. Was, and then we had a long conversation. And this was morning, right? Uh, on afternoon, she saw me drinking a cup of coffee. Right? <laughs> I was saying, "Hey, Carly, you're right. I think those are control issues." But that became a spiritual lesson for me. I was proud of myself for achieving something on myself. We can do these spiritual things too. We can read a lot of the Bible. Please read the Bible. But just to satisfy ourselves. We can pray a lot and do a nice prayer. Just to be loved by others. Have you seen that prayer? And then we start using spiritual things with our own strength. Our knowledge by our own strength has nothing to do with the power of Christ. It is our power that we just manifest and we feel good about ourselves. Those disciples not feeling good about themselves. But they... They are feeling sad about themselves. Sometimes we use them first too. I'm the poor person here. I don't know how to pray. I have nothing to do in the church. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know. Nobody loves me. And then we feel the centrality of our lives instead, the amazing power of our Savior. Those disciples were looking to themselves. Now, let's go to the presence of Christ. And the time is flying. Now, the presence of Christ. In Christ alone. Our faith rests. In Christ alone, our life rests. In Christ alone, we can have relationship with the Father. Because of Christ alone, we can know the powerful things of the world. In Christ alone, we can have a relationship with the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. The love of the Father and the grace of Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit. Because of Christ, we can have this relationship. And I imagine this day, with Jesus, with so many things to do, and so many things to do in the, 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 the expansion of the, the, the kingdom. Finally, the price was paid. Finally, God's wrath was, was uh, quenched because of Christ dying in our place. Those two disciples are sad and walking along. 
And Jesus decided to show up and walk with them. This is our Messiah. Salvation does not come because we are good or because God look at us. Look at this guy. I want this guy in my team. This kind of a Christian I really want to in my church. No, those two are losers. Sad. Walking along. Losing all the opportunities. But Jesus found them. Went to them. Showed up there. He started talking with them. He could say, hey, hello, it's me. But no, he was walking saying, why are you like, what are you talking about? Why is that? And let them open up their hearts, their doubts, their faith. It's like a mix of faith and doubt. They, they knew the story, but it was hard for them. Sometimes our spiritual life is hard. We do not understand things, but Jesus was there loving them. And then things that Jesus did, Jesus himself drew near to them, verse 15. Uh, the second thing, uh, the first one, Jesus make himself real to them, as I said. The second one, Jesus himself draw near to them, verse 15. Uh, the third thing that I see is Jesus questioned them, as I told you, what things? I love this that usually pastors like to give really, really fast answers because we study so many theology and then we, you know, you know the answer is easy. But sometimes it's complicated for us just to ask, why do you think that this is like that? And let the person speak. Or sometimes when we want to evangelize or share the gospel of Jesus to other people, we do not let them say what they believe. We just want to say what we believe. And sometimes we need to give them time to say, what do you believe? And why do you believe that? Why is that meaningful to you? And then we apply what we know from the scripture to their needs. But sometimes we just give the answers and they are not asking the questions. And then Jesus was asking the questions. What is in your heart? What is happening with you guys? And um, when Jesus heard his answers, the other thing that we see, the Almighty God investing time on us and picking us and choosing us and bringing us into God's presence. Jesus and his followers after them uh, preached the scriptures one more time. One of the solos is the scripture. We just heard from Pastor Josh. And, and, and the idea is the whole Bible is about Jesus Christ. Not only the, the center. Jesus Christ is only the center of the whole Bible. This is the center of the circum, circumference uh, from the whole thing. Jesus is the whole thing. Jesus is the word of God. And the word dwelt among us. He's the scripture. He's the one presenting God's will to us. And he starts showing those two sad disciples about the things and he's hard verse 25 oh foolish ones and slow of heart not that we need to address people like that but um sometimes i think we as christians need to be addressed like that by jesus you're slow of heart why you do not believe me or sometimes we need to approach help me in my unbelief but jesus has no problem whatsoever to say and and remind them all what the prophets have spoken Isaiah, six, seven hundred years before Christ. Or even Abraham when he was preparing things for the future. Or all the other heroes of the Old Testament. They're not heroes in themselves. They're just like a little shadow of the real, real hero one. Jesus Christ that would be coming to serve and to uh, die for us. And 26 will say, Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory. Death and resurrection of Christ, the center of Christianity. Without that, we have no Christianity. Jesus Christ, the Holy One, died on the cross for us. In verse 27, beginning with Moses, in all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, all that the scriptures concerning himself. This is why we are so serious about this book. 
there are other called prophets. There are many religions. I think as Christians, we should talk with respect with any kind of religion. We are not supposed to be mean or, or, or force religion into anybody. But uh, we need to be really strong sharing what we believe. That is the prophet Muhammad uh, and the Muslim uh, religion. Uh, we should respect, but the real, real prophet is Jesus Christ. The only one who actually spoke in the name of God. The only prophet that was God himself, divine, is Jesus. There are others we can respect, we can understand, we can hear, we can study. But the real prophet is Jesus Christ. There are other religions. Remember the pagan religions, many gods that they fight against each other and people start serving them or gods that are half divine or half powerful and half humans. These are little stories of the great story of salvation that we see in the Bible, of uh, creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. All the other stories, even the ones that we like, all the superheroes, are just glimpses of the real superhero that really is not a make-to-believe or, or make-believe stories. It's the real thing. And Jesus Christ is this one and is presented in the Old Testament. Christ loves to be invited into our lives, our problems, houses, public worship, and prayers. One good thing about those two guys, even their uh, lack of faith, when they saw Jesus all day long, and Jesus was hard on them, and it was evening. See, Jesus made the, the point that he was passing by. Said, no, no, you come and stay with us. And so good when we are hospitable is biblical. But they had no clue that they were actually inviting Christ to their home. And it's good. It's good when we invite people to come to the worship. We cannot save people. But God has called us to give people the opportunity to hear the God's voice. And when Jesus stayed, uh, uh, accepts that, uh, Jesus demonstrates uh, who uh, he was, uh, not only preaching the scriptures, but also in this simple act of breaking the bread and praying. And I love that. I don't think this was like Lord's Supper as we have in our church, but uh, it's, a, it's a glimpse, an idea, but it was a meal. The, uh, can you imagine after that day, they, they share bread and Jesus took charge of that? And he broke the bread and gave thanks, like a prayer of thanksgiving. And when that act came, I think their minds, through the Holy Spirit, but their memories, see, this is exactly how Jesus used to do. And, and came to their minds, it is him. And they realized Jesus allowed them, them to see who he was. And they got uh, completely transformed. But in a simple act, this is why praying and doing things that we do... Um, Another thing that I see the uniqueness of Jesus Christ perhaps has happened with you. Sometimes the realization that God was with us, that Christ was with us, is just an afterthought. See verse 32? Then they said each other, because Jesus disappeared, remember? Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Sometimes you're not noticing the time you are eating. You don't probably do not remember your mom giving you food when you're three. But if she had not given food that day, you would not be here. We don't remember all the times that we received food, but this was an afterthought. They, in, in, in the fact that you are here today, we are being energized by the one and only Christ, the one who can save us. And also, the last one, when they realized that, that Jesus was alive, that he was their only hope, that he was their Messiah, that he was the promised one, 
that his promise did not fail. He actually conquered death. When they realized that Jesus was indeed alive and had conquered our last enemy, the death, they got completely re-energized. And after walking all day long and being tired, they decided to go back the seven miles without a car, running to tell the other disciples, you cannot believe what we saw. Jesus is indeed alive. We heard it, but we saw with our own eyes. And they went back at the same hour and found the eleven, and those were with them together. And they were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. They already knew. And then they had their chance to tell their story. Then they told what had happened to the road and how he was known to them by breaking of the bread. Guys, Christ is indeed the Savior, the creator of the universe. In the beginning was God. And in the beginning was God and Christ was, was, was there. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit creating the universe. He's sovereign about every single thing. It is not a make-believe thing that we are here today. He was, He is, and did. And He is the one who can give us access to the Lord. But sometimes we keep thinking like they were thinking, verse 21. But we had hoped that He was the one to redeem uh, Israel. And Christ has redeemed the Israel. He paid the price. He gave us access. One of our leaders in our denomination, he's an elder, uh, a ruling elder, and he was in prison for a crime for many, many years, 12, 15 years he was in prison. And in during uh, this, that time, he got saved. Christ really transformed his heart, forgave his, his sin, and he started growing in faith and, and, and ministering to other prisons. He was supposed to spend life in prison, and he was there in prison serving the Lord. Uh, he was disciple trained. He taught, was, uh, uh, they taught the Bible to him, and he became a leader inside. And uh, by the, a miracle from God, an opportunity came along, and he was released from prison. Uh, God gave him this, this great opportunity. Even the family that he had made so many things uh, against with his crime was willing to forgive him and gave a word of, uh, of encouragement, and he was released. And he serving. Afterwards, God gave him a wife, gave him daughters. And I remember years ago when he showed me, I was in a meeting with him, he showed me uh, uh, his daughter sent him a, a video. It was a Father's Day. It was probably Father's Day or his birthday or something like that. And she was singing. And he showed me and he started crying. He said, I would never believe that that thing would be possible in my life, having a wife that loves me and a daughter that loves me. But it was Jesus that saved him. He was sharing about another friend he wants to come to Christ. And he shared for years, and the guy never came to Christ. He was released, and now that he's out, uh, he continued the relationship with this friend that was not a Christian. But one day his friend from prison wrote to him, Brother Mark, and the day has come. And one of the reasons that came salvation to that individual, the importance of Jesus Christ, was that he saw when Mark left the prison, that spirituality and serving Christ was not a thing that he just used inside the prison, uh, to, you know, survive was the thing that he was using was for real from his heart and he left the prison, he's free and he's doing the work of God as he uh, wants to worship the only Savior and over the years the Holy Spirit worked in his friend and his friend now knows and understood the message of Jesus Christ, even in prison you have your space. Even in prison, with bad things you have done, it's not about you. It's about what Christ has done for you. Jesus, the Holy One, took our position as sinful people, died on that cross, and now God sees us through Christ. And this is why we say, in Christ alone, our hope is found. And as we come to this message, 
I wish that was true. Remember that what they said? I hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Perhaps you have the same question. Perhaps you never had a relationship with Christ. Never trust in him. And he comes and tells you, come to me and I will give you rest. At the same time, perhaps you are a, a Christian and years have passed and your heart is broken. You are in pain, you are frustrated, you are looking down instead of fixing your eyes on Christ Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And the reason why we are preaching the solace of the scripture and being reminded, it is for us not to depend on ourselves for our salvation, but to look at Christ Jesus. He's the one who came to us and he's the one who can heal us. He has healed you and he conquered that. And he said he's preparing a place for us in heaven. Even if we die, we are more than conquerors. And until we die, we have to serve him. For to me to live is Christ, Paul said, and to die is gain. Christ is the supreme of the universe, our savior, our mediator, the one that never forgets us, the one who came to us. Let's pray. Father, you brought us here this morning and you know the desire of our church is to, to exalt Christ, to know that we have salvation because of grace, through faith. It's not our efforts. It's not because it is because we are better than anybody else. We are sinful people. But Christ, your son, the Messiah, decided to love us, pay the price. And we give you thanks for this. If we have broken hearts today, Lord, bless those that are with broken hearts. If we have some doubts, uh, transform our minds and hearts. If you are celebrating and energized as those disciples, uh, disciples were, uh, give us even more, Lord, as we proclaim the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Bless our church. We have dreams and goals. But ultimately, we want to give all the glory to you. We are here to exalt your son. It is not about us. It is about him. And then give us the ability not to look down, but look up in hope, certain that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. We pray, we join our hearts in trusting in that name. Amen.